With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hi, this is Jason Smith. You're about to hear an episode of the Special Teams Podcast, which is a ton of fun for Mike Harmon and I to record and release every week. If you're new to the program, welcome. If you've been a fan, welcome back. If you like what you hear, please do us a favor. Give us a quick review and rate us on Apple or wherever you're listening to this. It helps us, it helps the show, and it helps us continue to bring you this content. And if you want, you can let us know in your review if you have an idea for a future episode as well. Thanks ahead of time for your support. And now, it's showtime. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. the latest edition of Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, our podcast that spotlights a different team every week. Very relevant, very memorable in sports history. What made them so? Maybe because they won, maybe because they came so close to winning, maybe because they couldn't win at all. And then once in a while, we get to play with the format a little bit. This is one of those weeks as we have the NFL draft on its way where we're going to look back at what some special teams did in some specific years in the NFL draft. Drama, intrigue, chaos. I mean, we all do our mock drafts, iterations 1 through 47. Uh, as you and I sit together, I've got my big board unfurled on the wall behind, and you're just amazed by the level of detail and arrows I've got pointing everywhere. They're all old Bears players. Well, I'm drafting old Bears players to create the ultimate team. Where do I draft Gary Fensick? Where do I, where do I draft Doug Plank? Where do I draft yeah, these Well, guys? Doug Plank would go higher than Fensick for me just because, well, let's just say he got after it a little bit. And Wilbur Marshall's still better than Singletary. Go ahead, Nat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, can't play with them. Look at you. Uh, So this is what we're going to do. We're going to look back at three separate years where a special team did something in the draft, and maybe it was special great, maybe it was special, oh, my goodness. Going to have another episode next week as well. We did this uh, 
a couple weeks ago in the NCAA tournament where we looked at, at two different episodes where we had Cinderella teams we spotlighted. And that's kind of what we're going to do here. We took Cinderella and it stretched that term a little bit mm -hmm. and had some fun with uh, a lot of history. I mean, there's some great players uh, that rose up and gained, came to prominence in the NCAA tournament. Likewise, draft day. Sometimes guys are remembered for all the wrong reasons. We're going to begin with the Broncos trading for John Elway a week after the 1983 NFL draft. And look, everybody knows that Elway didn't want to play for the Colts and he wound up getting traded to the Denver Broncos where he had his Hall of Fame career and won a couple of Super Bowls. But looking back at this because of what transpired to make this draft happen, look, it was so long ago. We talk about the quarterback class of 83, Elway at the top of it. But the circumstances surrounding this Elway trade, I like it because it would never happen now. Nothing would ever unfold like this did the Broncos trading for Elway the way it did in 1983. You also wouldn't get the free pass no. that John oh Elway's goodness. gotten through his career. Oh Oh now, goodness. he had a fantastic run in Denver. Oh. Nobody questions that, both as a player and then now as an executive. But you try pulling this power play at this point in the NFL with social media and where we're at at this day and age, 24 hours a day, this would be the Tom Brady's free, mm. free pending free agency <laughs> was the talk for months. Think about this and how this would stick with a player forever. This is mainly about the Colts' ineptness and not being able to pull off a better deal for Elway, but this is how it broke down. Elway was having the season of seasons, his, his final year at Stanford. He told the Colts, who were then playing in Baltimore, before the draft, he wouldn't play for them. In December, he told the Colts, hey, listen, I'm not going to come play for you. He wanted to play on the West Coast or Dallas or Miami. So much so, he said he continued to play professional baseball for the Yankees if the Colts drafted him. And that was Elway's leverage because he was a good baseball player. He played player. pretty well in 82. Yeah. He was in the minor leagues, 318 batting average, 12 extra base hits, had a bit of speed. Mm -hmm. Something you really don't. I mean, you no. remember John Elway making plays with his legs, but you never said he's fast. Right. Right. He was a guy that was found his his creases and, and, found, and found his way. And of course, some big highlights helped that. But 13 stolen bases, only played in 42 games. But the Yankees finished 16 games behind the Brewers back when the Brewers were in that division all those years ago, 1982. And so a shot in the arm of, hey, you got this kid who had this huge college career, and it was Big Stein looking to make a splash. Yeah, this was the Yankees after their big run of the late 70s, early 80s, where they would go a long time without winning. They thought Elway could maybe be a guy, even though he didn't project to be a star player, but this is what the Yankees did. The Colts still picked Elway number one anyway. Even though he told them, I'm not playing for you, I'll go play baseball, I want to go to the team, they still picked him number one. In a quarterback-rich draft that had Ken O'Brien, like I said, Ken O'Brien first. He's you had to get him in you first. You had Jim sure. Kelly, you had Dan Marino, you had Hall of Famers getting drafted. That would never have happened now. If you got that no, 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 no from a, from a, a, a team, they wouldn't draft him, but still the Colts said, we're drafting you, so they did. They would find a way to trade the pick or pick somebody else if somebody else was dictating the terms of this. And even though Elway was that great 
prospect. There were so many things the Colts could have done, and instead they sat where they were, didn't trade the pick even though they had offers, and they took them anyway and found themselves stuck. Stubbornness uh, to a degree saying, hey, by far he's our number one guy. He'll come around, right? Because it's the same leverage play that a lot of players intimate near the top of drafts, pick sport here, that, hey, I don't want to go play for them. They're a dysfunctional organization. And as we would find out, yeah, they had some other things going on mm-hmm. uh, as they were getting ready to make this. Yeah, not yet. Uh, not, not yet. Not yet. yet. One more year in Baltimore. Yes, but you had uh, a dysfunctional organization. They were terrible. Yes, they were. They did over. They were over the year before. Right, the they strike were year two and twenty two twenty two and yeah. one the prior two seasons. And just think about this: in eighty two, so the year before this draft, they had drafted Art Schleister number four overall, quarterback out of Ohio. That State, worked out well. Who became much more famous for going to prison for gambling? He couldn't stay out of trouble. He gambled right when he came into the league. Yeah. And in nineteen eighty three, which was supposed to be Art Schleister's joke, no, he winds up getting a one year gambling suspension. Suspension because his name came to light in a big investigation. Couldn't stay away from it for the rest of his life. Wound up washing out of the NFL. This is something else the Colts did that you can't believe. They went number four overall for a quarterback in 82, and now they're ready to go number one overall for a quarterback again in 1983. Can you imagine a team right now going, okay, we pick a quarterback at number four. Well, what are you doing? Next year, we're going number one overall at quarterback again. Well, you kind of have to if dude's going to jail. <laughs> so, well, that's true. I mean, that's true. It's not like, hey, we don't just, like it, this guy. It was just a suspension <laughs> at that point. It wasn't quite prison yet. Yeah, it's but, but it's, he's suspended. He's out of the league. Not, he's, you didn't see prison coming. No, 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 no. You can yeah. see the bad path that this yeah. was going down. Yeah. Many books and articles have later been written and, and the redemption, the long road for Arch Leister. But you look at this... I mean, I think the only other place that we would have seen it in in recent history, and it wasn't back-to-back years, was the same draft when the Redskins went and took RG3 and then later took Kirk Cousins. Right. Right, where it's, all right, what are we doing here? Yeah. We decided we like them both and we'll just stock up for later. <laughs> you know, that was confusing as could be. But here you had the guy who was the obvious number one and you just decided – all right, I guess we'll be able to do the sell job that us against the Yankees, that we can sell them that football is the better path. This is the easier path towards greatness. And later he would be great. But they, I guess, didn't count on the fact that that leverage would be pushed to the hill. So there's your first level of netness, the Colts, the Arch Leister drafting, and they got to draft somebody else. The fact that they couldn't trade the pick and kept it and drafted him anyway. And this is what, uh, fails to pass muster is that Elway was so sought after. Everybody wanted him. Mm-hmm. They had offers from the Rams, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Dolphins. Their GM was Ernie Acorsi, went on to be a very well-respected front office member for a long time. The head coach was Frank Cush, who, you know, had a star-crossed career as a head coach. They were not fans of his uh, the way of doing business. They couldn't find a way to make a deal for him. How do you not find a way to make a deal for a guy where there's a bidding war for and you can't get a good enough trade, right? But, but that's Al the problem Davis, is— Al Davis says there was a conspiracy that prevented him from trading for John Elway, which you go, okay, really, come on, Al Davis. But now you look back and go, yeah, why wasn't anybody able to make a big deal for him? Why? Because it should have been. You take a number one overall prospect like Elway with the teams he wanted to go to saying we want to trade for him. He said he wanted West Coast, Dallas, Miami. You got West Coast. You got Raiders. You got San Diego. You 
you got Miami. You had all kinds of teams. You had it, and you still couldn't make a deal. You still took them number one overall. Well, but that's the other question, though. I mean, you had all these people and teams coming to the table with offers. But as we talk about, this is one of those classes, those rare QB classes that go down in history. So you had other people and other names to go and get. Now, Jim Kelly ended up becoming a bigger issue because he goes and does the the USFL route. But, you know, Tom Flores and, and company, they're in with the Raiders trying to figure out exactly what their path was going to be. You look at Well, it's not like 83 went bad for the Raiders. No, obviously. (laughs) But, you know, if you could get richer, you get richer where you can. But just the idea of, all right, kick the tires. But Al Davis, there was enough lawsuits. I'll always wait for the definitive word. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's got to be some pages there somewhere, right? Bit by bit, you find out little bits of the Al Davis legacy and what he was truly into for all those many years in the league. I'd love to see the books written about this from his point of view as told to whomever. I mean, there's got to be some tales. Now, here's where things get really crazy is because Elway is drafted by the Colts and then All right, he gets traded to the Broncos, who eventually come up with an offer for him. But this wasn't during the draft. This wasn't, hey, 20 minutes, a half hour later, Philip Rivers for Eli Manning works out. This was a week after the draft. The draft ends, Mm -hmm. and a week goes by, and still Elway is a cult, and still he's not going to go there, and still they got to figure out a way. And at this point, what are you going to do? You have the guy. And now the offers are not going to be as good because they know you have to give up less. And with the price that we all know by now, which was Chris Hinton, offensive lineman, Mark Herman, a quarterback, and a first-round pick in 1984. And you don't dismiss Chris Hinton. That gets you laughed out of the room right now if that's your deal for number one overall pick in the draft. Hey, hey, fourth pick out of Northwestern. Tight end, offensive lineman, seven Pro Bowls. He was good. He was good. Two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second. Yeah, but this is John Elway. Buddy, I'm just selling my guy. I know. I know you wanted to sell him. And he had a hell of a career. I know. He did have a great career, but this is. And Herman still works for the Colts. Oh, so that works He's in the broadcast booth. He had an 11-year career. And one and a first-round pick next year. And a first-round pick next year. Not seven first-round picks. No, but that's just it. One first-round pick. I mean, think about, and and as we go through the podcast, and, and just in the NFL draft history, in general, you talk about be, having to pick, give up five, six picks, two, three veteran players, expiring contracts, all of those fun things that we go through in the NFL, in the NBA, everything else. Here, it's a pittance for a guy that everybody believed was going to be that generational talent, right? It's always the best prospect. And that was even before he became John Elway Super Bowl winner, right? Super Bowl participant, Got you to the, yeah, he's the best prospect since John Elway tagged for a lot of guys. And now it's etched in stone forever of, all right, it was him, that was him, that was him. And his name gets brought up because of that great finish to his collegiate career. So while the Broncos go on to all kinds of fame and Elway becomes the quarterback, he does. The Colts actually have a pretty decent season in 83. They go 7 and 9. 7 which and is 9. Not awful. Jeff Fisher was not the head coach. No, but he spoke it into existence. And Chris Hinton is a pro bowler. And so all right, they did get a pro bowler back from it, but this was not nearly what they could have had. They could have had so many other players in that. They could have gotten a much better parcel of 
package for John Elway, and instead they just kind of butcher their way all along through it. It's amazing. No, it's the curiosity, though. You go back to a Corsi and, and what the agendas were behind the scenes, and you've got Elway's people and, and their hardline stance. you got Steinberg. you got so many big egos mixed into this. and But a Corsi who later became a pretty good deal maker yeah. and, and a you know, one of those guys, uh, one of the few front office names that lives on, right? A lot of guys come and go from front offices, and unless they're disastrous, they uh, they kind of move on. It's like, ah, he was okay. This guy had some great runs, but he's also the architect of this. <laughs> now, Cush becomes gets into this a little bit, too, because Cush is not someone that players like. They didn't right. like he was too. He was a big hard ass of a coach. And part of the story at the time was Elway didn't want to play for Frank Cush. At that point, if you're the Colts, don't you go, hmm, he just presided over an 08 and one season. So why don't we get a new coach in? Seems like you find out pair, who wants pair, it. Yeah, with a okay. new guy. And this is Cush, who also was upset when they moved to Indianapolis in the offseason because that was the ne- they finished seven and nine and they moved to Indianapolis. He wanted the team to move to Phoenix. You know, like let's go here instead. And this is the guy that decided, oh, we'll stick with you. Elway doesn't like you. Doesn't matter. We like Frank Cush. And, oh, by the way, after just four wins in 84, he quit just before the final game of the regular season. So you had Frank Cush for another year plus after that, and then he was gone. Right, and then they started bouncing between coaches quite a bit before bringing back Ted Marchabrota again <laughs> to be stabilizer in the early 90s. I mean, Ooh. just kind of crazy uh, the, the way this all gets unpacked. Yes, the move gets in the middle of all of this, and you, you create chaos. So it's almost like a Vegas misdirection. All right, forget about the Elway thing. I mean, look, we moved. We we, we moved the <laughs> franchise. It's, there's all sorts of other stuff aren't, going on. Aren't you just happy we have football? It doesn't matter who the yeah, quarterback is. Exactly. Right? You love us. Let it go. So think of that mismanagement by the Colts when it came to John Elway's situation. As we move on, our next team we spotlight is a team that could have made a trade that might have changed the course of NFL history. But when it came time to adjourn the draft, they decided not to. That's next right now on the Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 
With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. As we continue on our special NFL draft version of special teams, as we look back at some special teams and what they did during the NFL draft, hey, Broncos did something special. We talked about them. The Colts did not. Now, definitely, we get to a team that could have done something special during the NFL draft, but became special for that draft for all the wrong reasons. In 1999, Mike Ditka, then head coach of the New Orleans Saints, traded his entire draft for Ricky Williams, plus a first-rounder and a second-round pick the next year. The Ditka trade is very famous. He went up to the press conference introductory with Ricky Williams wearing dreadlocks. Ricky Williams was the missing piece for the New Orleans Saints. Now, we know it didn't work out for the Saints. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, it also didn't work out for the Redskins, who they wound up making that trade with. The Redskins got a couple of decent players, but you would think getting an entire draft worth of players, plus a first- and second-round pick the next year, it would be great, but... They didn't. Thinking it would launch you into some great stratosphere. I mean, it did allow them to make a a, a trade with the Bears, a lot of draft picks that allowed them to get to Champ Bailey. Mm. And so they win 10 games in, in 1999 to win the NFC East. So at least for the moment, you say, yeah, we won. And that's also the first year of Daniel Snyder's mm-hmm. owning of the team. So, yes, there's a at least a short-term win. But you go back to that trade with New Orleans, me being the Chicago boy, and as you and I sit and talk wearing, well, a Jay Cutler Bears yes. uh, jersey. You wear that, that, that uh, jersey a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm still trying to coax him out of retirement. <laughs> Either that or get an invite to his, Good luck. you know, his butcher <laughs> shop so we can cut some meat together. But... You know, Mike Ditka going out of Chicago and then taking the job in New Orleans, certainly a lot of people weren't weren't thrilled. All right, here he is. What's the second act? Because if it went well, I see he should have still been the coach here. Mm -hmm. All you did was hire another guy with a mustache and and you moved on. No disrespect, Dave Wanstead, a proud member of the Fox family. But you had the trade for and giving up all those assets to bring in Ricky Williams. No matter how much you loved Ricky Williams in college— you're looking around, right? We just talked about John Elway. Quarterback, you mortgage your your future, right? You mortgage, you know, draft picks, and you say, okay, this is the guy we need. This is the guy that's putting us over. A running back, even in 1999. This is where you had to say, Mike, I need the car keys. Right? I need the car. Someone even needed to in stop 1999. This is like all the times we joke about Jerry Jones getting put in a closet yeah. instead of making a draft pick. This is where someone should have said, hey, coach. 
coach, we're, we're, we're out of our depths here. We're going I, a little far. I remember when they asked him, what are you going to do now? You, you traded away your draft. You got Ricky Williams. He goes, I'm going golfing. That yeah. was it. That's what he said. And he walked off. Yeah. Well, this is not about the Bengals. Well, it will be about the Bengals, but it's not about the Redskins who made the trade. It's about the team that could have made even a better trade because before this was offered to the Redskins, the Saints made an even better offer to the Bengals. They called the Bengals, who were sitting at number three, and they offered all their picks in 1999, a first-rounder in 2000, a first-rounder in 2001, and a first-rounder in 2002. So you're talking about first-round picks an entire draft in 1999 and first-round picks the next three years. I don't get how that wasn't snapped up right away. I don't get it because the Bengals had been a pretty decent franchise up until that. Look, the Bungles didn't come around until now because they had a pretty good 1990. They went to the Super Bowl early in the decade, and they had a pretty good team. Yeah, you know, middle of the 90s, you're basically yeah, talking about they were still okay. uh, an 8-8 eight eight yeah, average still team. Okay. They had three straight years. Now they were at the back end of the division, but that's fine. You're still at least in striking range. This remakes your team. If you are the Bengals, who needed a quarterback, right? You need a quarterback. I get it. But this remakes your team. You leave Jeff Blake alone. You're talking about an entire draft and three more first-round picks, and the Bengals say no. I mean, I, I don't. That should have been. Let's get, get whatever we need to sign right now before somebody grabs Mike Ditka and says, uh, "Coach, we're not doing this." I mean, coach, we're really not doing this. No, coach. I mean, this is just an amazing haul on a team that, as as you point out, is solid. And here's where you shore up a couple of deficiencies. You get your your quarterback of the future. Doesn't have to be Achilles Smith, mm. uh, who they eventually draft. It's it's the opportunity to really make this into a whole new new squad. And maybe as we always joked with Marvin Lewis, forget about the A to B. Yeah. Maybe you got right back yeah. into title contention. Yeah. Uh, and I, I misspoke. It was the three first round picks would have gotten would have been the year in 1999. First round picks in 2000, 2001, and a second round pick in, in 2002. 2002. So it would have been the three, I just had the year, it was the three first round picks plus 2002. So why did they say no? Why did they say no to this? Because they really wanted to take Achilles Smith at number three. Now, I vividly remember first hearing Achilles Smith going this high in mock drafts. And this is right around the time when I started doing sports talk radio for a living. Mm -hmm. and I remember even back then when I was a newbie. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there going, boy, this is pretty good work by Lee Steinberg, who was Achilles Smith's agent. Because, I look, he was good at Oregon. He had one good year at Oregon. He played pretty well. But I, there was I, I did not hear any buzz until suddenly, oh, yeah, Achilles Smith could go in the top five. And I, I'm, really? Achilles Smith in the top five? I, I didn't know that he had the right mechanics. I didn't know that he had... But it was it was shocking to me. And I, back then I'm thinking, okay, well, obviously people know something I don't know because for him going to the top three, then I realized, oh, no, this is a really good job by an agent to, to get Achilles Smith's name up there so much that the Bengals had to have him at number three. Well, you got into the old gold rush at quarterback, right? I think that was one of the things that played in on a big level. And you, you look at these stats that he was able to put up in that big year you mentioned, 97 all right, he plays in 11 games, 54 completion percentage, and the yards per attempt is only 6.9, 13 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Okay, just a guy. Yeah. But 98 blows up 
the completion percentage is still only 58%, which now gets you laughed out of. Yeah. But back then, over 50% was good. Yeah. And again, you're throwing more deep passes. You're not as, as careful with the ball in these, you know, quick strike, let's swing it to the back, out of the backfield, and everything else that we use now. Here, 32 and 8 is your touchdown to interception ratio, but you're talking about over 10 yards per attempt. Yeah. That's going to get people's eye, eyebrows to raise. And what, what did we see out of Oregon? You saw a number of quarterbacks get overvalued, mm-hmm. right? It was just a couple years later we yep. saw Joey Harrington go third overall, right? Off the same kind of premise of, all right, look at what he can do with this offense. Well, you got to have the players to run it. We always joke about guys leaving New England to go coach somewhere else. You can't implement the same system. Yeah. You don't have the same mentality, the same buy-in, the same 53-man locker room. Same thing with quarterbacks. You can't just plug it by, hey, he was great here. And for whatever reason, <laughs> Oregon quarterbacks, there was a nice spell where, you know, Bilotti and those guys were able to do oh, yeah, a pretty you, good sell. You up to Marcus Mariota, yeah. who turned, you know, then lost his job in Tennessee. And it was, you know, it, the, the Oregon quarterbacks never really lit the world on fire. We it need to do a whole deep dive on the Pac-12, Pac-10. Dan Fouts was good. And then, and then you have to move up from there. <laughs> there you go. But Achilles Smith was was really a one-year wonder, and he comes into the league, and he just doesn't play well. He doesn't start many games, and one of the big thoughts about him was that he didn't study the playbook and know the playbook like he should have. But he doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't play. In four years for the Bengals, who took him number three overall, he started 17 games. How many touchdowns did he throw in four years? He threw five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. His best year was when he started 12 games in 2001. He threw three touchdowns. In 12 games he started, he threw three touchdowns. Three of them. I feel really crappy if I'm a DB and I got beat for those touchdowns. Oh, man, really? I got Yeah, but he was the third overall pick. Could say, you know, he was due. But you think what the Bengals could have done, and maybe they would have mismanaged their picks. You know, who knows? But instead of Achilles Smith, which set the franchise back, if you take a quarterback that early who doesn't pan out, that sets your franchise back years. You're talking about a treasure trove of an extra draft, two more first-round picks, a second-round pick. Likely they get a quarterback at some point there, and you know what happens then? They don't draft Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer goes someplace else. Maybe he has just as good a career. Maybe he doesn't get hurt like he did. Maybe he doesn't threaten to retire and then then walk away. He played a little bit longer. That would have changed. Had the Bengals just said, oh, my God, yes. Yes, we'll do this. Instead of saying, yeah, no, no, we got to have Achilles Smith. It's like, I mean, sometimes irrationality wins the day. Well, and that's the thing. As you you go through that draft, the couch goes number one. Your guy out of Syracuse, my Chicago guy, Donovan McNabb, goes number two. Smith to number three. We already talked about Ricky Williams in that five slot. Go on down. Washington with Champ Bailey at seven. Fine. But then you have another couple of quarterbacks come off at 11 and 12 and Dante Culpepper and Cade McNown. Yeah, <laughs> your guy, Kate my guy. I once watched him not get past the fifty-yard line. That was the uh, Terrell Owens twenty-catch game in Jerry oh, Rice's yeah, yeah, last right. game, home game as Owens, a 49er. Owens, Owens, yeah, that was the Owens, yeah. Owens, Owens game. Don't ask Jerry Rice about that; he's none too pleased. Uh, they got a nice flip book of the catch out of that. It was, oh, it was a nice, a nice souvenir for the people uh, as you go through. But right there, you're, you're talking about quarterback-heavy draft. There were other guys. Maybe you didn't like them and their upside as much as you thought you had in Achilles Smith, but certainly other names 
that were on the board for you, and you then had a would have had a bevy of picks to go do some other things, mm-hmm. right? And then and that's really what it comes down to. Now you're playing with value, and you can move back into whatever position you need to to go get your guy or guys, as it were. In this case, you pick. And chose poorly out of our Indiana Jones movie reference for this moment, and uh, well, that's that's the end of it. Mike Ditka would have been saved. They wouldn't have ruined the career and made him a mockery. No, but Mike Ditka went on to win four Super Bowls in a row as head coach of the Jets. I mean, he really was lucky to get out of that situation. <sighs> then you would have been able to claim Ditka as a Jet. If it's a jet named Ditka against the bear, <laughs> the jet beats the bear. I think the bear would take down that jet. So, no, I completely disagree. The jet would just... Anyway, he would maul it like those gremlins in that old uh, Twilight Zone with Shatner. <laughs> One more special team to get to, and a team that did something incredibly special in the draft by watching a guy fall all the way to them. That's coming up next. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, special teams podcast as we look back. NFL draft special. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. The final team we're spotlighting in special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon as we look back at teams that did special things in the draft. Let's go back 
to 2005, April 23rd, when the Green Bay Packers wound up with their successor to Brett Favre, who went on to bring them Super Bowl glory, all because other teams didn't need a quarterback after Alex Smith went number one overall and Aaron Rodgers falls all the way 23 picks later to the Packers. This draft coming into it, I remember the debate between Alex Smith versus Aaron Rodgers for who was going to go number one overall. Alex Smith was the finished product. He had Mm -hmm. a great senior year at Utah. There were no red flags. Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal, there was a little bit more criticism. Remember, it was he looked a little bit robotic. And I remember interviewing him, Mel Kuyper Jr. and I, on game day, back when I was doing radio for ESPN, and we talked about how you deal with the criticisms of being robotic. And he, he didn't seem very happy. Like, it wasn't one of those, oh, hey, you know, I just deal with it, let it roll off. No, he didn't seem too happy about it. Generally, and, he doesn't know, seem okay. to let a lot of things no, roll off. No, that's true. Him. But this so, was when he was a young kid. You know, it was, hey, I'm a, but he remember, I remember him not yep. being too happy about it then. And... It was a big debate what was going to happen. It was the finished product of Alex Smith versus the potential of what you could get with Aaron Rodgers. And there were quarterback needy teams all over the place in the first couple of picks of the draft. Most of the mock drafts had Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers at number one or the Dolphins at number two, or even Rodgers at number five to Tampa Bay because John Gruden potentially wanted it. So whoever went number one, the other guy likely wasn't going to get past number five. So after the first two, after those picks were, well, after that, there's not that many quarterback needy teams, right? Can you imagine 20-plus teams right now saying, we're not going to draft a quarterback, we're not, we don't need a quarterback? Half the league needs a quarterback. No, but that's year. the thing, right? And, and this is why it's such an outlier, not just because what Aaron Rodgers became, but just the way this draft played out with the number of Running backs taken so early, the number of cornerbacks, and we see that a bit more. You'll see that more frequently than you will. But running backs, three of your first five picks out of a draft, mm-hmm. it, you don't see it. You know, you don't. We've had drafts where you don't see a running back selected in the first round at all. So to have those guys all go off the board, Ronnie Brown, Cedric Benson, Cadillac Williams, just like that. You're, you're five picks in, looking around, going, "All right, what? Do we, this is a weird draft." Remember that draft night, watching the Aaron Rodgers camera after oh, yeah. every pick. Yep, right. It didn't start late, as late as people want to try to claim it did. No, no, no. They were on him pretty early. <laughs> so the first pick goes, and it's Alex Smith, and the 49ers have their quarterback, and then the fall starts for Aaron Rodgers, and he goes all the way till the Packers get him, twenty three picks later. What happened? Why did Aaron Rodgers not get picked? A couple of things happened. Many teams in the previous couple of years had drafted young quarterbacks and it didn't work out, right? You had Baltimore getting Kyle Bowler. That didn't work out. Byron Leftwich to Jacksonville. Plus, there were stories that Rodgers didn't nail his interviews like Alex Smith did. You know, even now, Rodgers is a little weird, you know. So I could see coming out, yeah, we don't know. We like Alex. Like I said, Alex Smith was, there were no red flags for him, right? Everything was great for Alex Smith coming out. He did great during his interviews. And Aaron Rodgers, there were questions. So when... You have questions about Aaron Rod, and these are questions now that aren't something that would preclude you from taking him. It's not like he tanked his interviews, but 
you have many teams seeing young quarterbacks being taken in the previous couple of drafts, and it didn't work out. You know, you're still looking back at Joey Harrington, who was supposed to be great, and he didn't work out. Teams got afraid. Is this next young guy that's not Alex Smith going to work out for me? No, let me go to another position. So this is one reason why Aaron Rodgers fell down the draft to all the way to 24. You look at what some of the other teams did. All right, Miami at number two needed a quarterback. They stuck with Gus Farratt, who was 34 years old. Okay, Cleveland, who was always needing a quarterback. They took Braylon Edwards number three. They had Charlie Fry in the third round. All right, no, we don't want Aaron Rodgers. Let's take Charlie Fry in the third round. Your Bears took Cedric Benson fourth. Who did they draft in the fourth round that year to replace Rex Grossman? Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. Right? They went the next year. Yep. The Lions passed on him, right? Sticking with Harrington for season number four. Right? Washington traded up to draft Jason Campbell one pick after Rodgers finally got drafted. So, all these teams, because they had gotten burned, because they didn't think, well, you know what, we're going to go with sure things, and something happened then that will never happen again. If you have two guys who are so neck and neck for the number one overall pick and one of them goes, you would never see that second guy fall. It would be, we're moving up to get him. If he doesn't go two, three, four, someone's going crazy and jumping up and gambling, getting up into that top five to get Aaron Rodgers. No, and, and that's the the craziness, right? And we watch it each and every year, quarterbacks that when the silly season begins after we're done with bowl season and the banquet circuit, it's, all right, that guy's a third-round pick. And then all of a sudden, he's rising. It's like, well, no. It all becomes need and go get another quarterback because you, you want – You want to have the cheap option at your disposal, right? Go back to the Russell Wilson year. Even though they just spent a bunch of money on Matt Flynn, they still said, all right, we'll take a guy in the third round. Oh, wait, he beat him out. All right, signing bonus is gone. This guy's now the starter. I mean, that's that's the model you're trying to build. So you're not waiting for that guy. You you may talk yourself into him a bit more than you should, but you're going to take that shot at a quarterback. You're not sitting around waiting. I mean, even go back to some of those other drafts. I mean, go back to the 2003 draft. Even if you didn't like a lot of those quarterbacks, very few guys came off the board. I mean, you're only talking to like 10 quarterbacks drafted overall when it came. And then 2004, obviously a fantastic year mm-hmm. that kind of changed the NFL in a lot of ways. But to, to see how this draft unfolded, the loyalty to older options and saying, all right, or maybe. taking a chance. I mean, like Charlie Fry. I remember when the, the Browns really tried to make Charlie Fry. Oh, happen. no, they did. Local guy, right? From Akron. Yeah, Charlie Fry. He's our guy. You know, and, and even the Bears tried. Oh, Kyle Orton, oh, Purdue, watch what he does. He's going to come in. He's going to light the world on fire. And, you know, he had a couple of games that he won, but he, well, he was throwing four touchdowns in those games. Well, but it also goes back. Away. But it, it goes back to the if you're going to bring a guy. And that was the Pac-10, Pac-12, right? High fly, whatever. Or you're going to bring a guy in from the Joe Tiller, Purdue offense. You got to have receivers that can do that. And the Bears for many, many years, and I think it still continues oftentimes today, it's the you go there to die if you're a receiver. Allen Robinson doing different things in the 2019 season. But in general, and Brandon Marshall, former Bear, former Jet, See how we're tied together forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some great years there as well. But for, for Kyle Orton, if you're not going to run the offense that is conducive to what he did well, what's the difference? And Alex Smith is never going to be given his just due as to how good a quarterback he was, is, could have been. Because what did they do? They rotated 
coaches and coordinators out of him every year. It's like, ah, moving on. Next, <laughs> next. But to your point, just the quarterback position that year, waiting on a guy to 25, Again, you don't think he's necessarily going to become the hero that he did. Three guys go in round one. Then you have three quarterbacks in round three. Orton goes round four. Stephon LaFours. Oh, Stephon LaFours. Right, he gets drafted by Carolina. Dan Orlovsky, now a great media member. And running out of the back of the end. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I mean, Too he's look, that. he's going to have to wear that forever. That's true. Baltimore takes Derek Anderson in the sixth round, right? Going to the mm-hmm. Kyle Bowler experiment. And Anderson had a couple of moments. Ironically, his best moments came as a member of the Cleveland Browns, yes. which is very strange. Uh, fantasy hero for a bit. And then you have seventh rounders, Matt Castle, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> How about that? He'd be the last guy standing, right? But that's just it. He's going to dance on all their <laughs> NFL graves when oh. it's all said and done. Right? And he was uh, the compensatory pick <laughs> at the end of the seventh round. You got him and you got Matt Castle, the last two guys, last two quarterbacks off the board. Castle obviously got himself a nice payday after subbing for Tom Brady for a year. Again, owing to the you can find a little bit of love, but for a guy like Aaron Rodgers to fall 23 slots, and there's a lot of guys that washed out of the league pretty fast. I mean, even Mike Williams, who came in looking like a tight end after that bogus NCAA ruling against him as he tried to leave USC, he goes 10th to the Lions. Why? Hey, we can still fix Joey Harrington. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got so much drama that goes through. So, if I were Aaron Rodgers, maybe I'd have that trip chip on my shoulder all these years, too. Oh, it's it really is incredible to see the list of those guys that teams stuck with or decided to go out on a limb to get instead of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. it's, it's laughable now to think a guy like... Because, look, it, it's not that every time there's two quarterbacks mentioned that they're both going to be stars. Sure. But one of them, they're both going to be taken. But they're going to get taken early. Get That's taken right. That high. It's not like, okay, well, now he slides through. I mean, there was a perfect storm of teams going, yeah, no, okay, and if these teams don't want him, there's got to be a reason why we're going to move on. We need a linebacker. We need a defensive back. We need a defensive end. We need an offensive tackle. And that's how it goes sometimes. But think about the, the leash you used to get, not only as a quarterback, but as a head coach front office guy that you don't get in the NFL anymore. You don't get in many respects anymore. You get, you very rarely get in a situation where it's, all right, you're a guy and we're going to build from scratch with you, mm-hmm. right? It conceivably, as you and I sit here, we're watching the beginning of year two of the Brian Flores era in Miami, but there were no expectations. And then they actually ended up being a lot better, ironically, because of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but just the idea of, all right, you're going to get to build a program like you would an old college program and quarterbacks don't get that long. All right. It's year four. We're still waiting. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we watch as some guys went into free agency, 2018, 2019, 2020, it's the, all right, you're towards the back end of your would be option year on your rookie deal. Do we bother picking it up? Like, that's where we're at. Regardless of what you may have seen in glimpses, you have to make that hard decision of whether he's the guy you're going with. Back here it was, all right, add another piece. 
Add another piece yeah. of the defense. Let's see if we can't coax out what we saw when we drafted him early. And as a result, Aaron Rodgers is in the green room all alone. Well, and also, and lastly on Aaron Rodgers, is that this is why teams go through all the top prospects now. Because you get to a point where if you're drafting 12th, 14th, 17th, you are never thinking Aaron Rodgers is available to you. So no, how right. much how much research did you really put into him? We're looking at the players available here. What's our biggest need? So for a few teams, I'm sure it was, boy, Rodgers looks great, but we really didn't do any due diligence on him. So can we really pick him? And clock is ticking. We got eight Man. more minutes. Let's go get our guy. Now you won't see that. It'll be, oh, hey, yes, we spent some time with him at the Senior Bowl. And yeah, he's. I don't know why he's dropping, but let's go get him. You can make that decision a little bit better yeah. than you could years ago. Yeah, it, I mean, it's everything's changed, right? The age of instant information, the ability to find either via the the web or just the connections you have to so many personnel people across the leagues that you're going to be able to ferret out that information pretty fast. But yeah, just an amazing study in, it's, it's hard to believe it's that long that, yeah. that Aaron Rodgers has been toting around because I mean, he had then sat for several years waiting for his chance. Which, again, three years, that would never happen. Now. No, again, you'd be, pick, you'd be forcing, happened. like, they'd be fighting on the sideline yeah. for who got to get under center. <laughs> so there it is, the special teams, what teams did during the NFL draft. Coming up next week, we have another special teams NFL draft version. Going to spotlight three more teams who did special things during specific NFL drafts. You have an idea for a future episode of Special Teams? Hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. Our show, radio show, is heard every night, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 Pacific Time, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast on Fox Sports Radio. Check your local listings for the station in your area. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.